0: It's, i'm just going to try a couple of things here before we before we start um can i philip just to, to check this only take about 10 minutes or so that's not, not a problem okay. thank, thank you very much for the notes hello my name is gavin walker you're listening to business first radio and my guest today is philip griffith the associate head of school of the school of built environment at the university of Ulster. philip you're very welcome here on business first radio
1: Thank you very much for having
0: me. Listen, Philip, let's start off by having a, a bit of a look at the New Green Deal, please. It's something that's, that seems to be being talked about a lot across the water. We don't seem to be talking about it much here. What's happening in, in our construction industry and how, how can we take advantage of that, please?
1: New Green Deal was set up because the Green Deal was established in England. Um, I cover in England and Wales and it's now been extended to Scotland, but it didn't stretch as far as Northern Ireland because of devolves authority and this in the domain of Stormont. So the new Green Deal was established, a number of senior people who were involved in it and they set up um, structures and a goal that's excellent. The idea is that we look towards 2050, the Climate Change Act, where we have to decarbonize our built environment, our transport system so that we can reduce our CO2 emissions down by t- to 20% of 1990 levels now the people will argue whether or not that we should be doing this for climate change reasons I believe it's more important that we actually achieve these goals economically because our fuel as we all know on in the, in the price of the pump is going up if you're filling up your oil tank you're suffering in terms of how much you're paying, it's the same thing for gas, we are going to see prices rise continuously um, from now on because the easy-to-get oil, the easy-to-get gas has gone and it's going to become more expensive for us to get it because of the technology and the engineering that we'll need to put in to protect environments. Um, The um, Gulf last year and the the disaster that happened at BP is a good example of how much engineering is needed to actually achieve um, the recovery of the existing oil that we still have and not damage the environment so you can understand how the prices will have to rise to cover these things. So prices are going to have to rise and so the Green Deal in terms of making people's homes energy efficient is going to be very important in terms of addressing things like fuel poverty and our balance of payments deficits.
0: So you must find it very frustrating that our executive hasn't taken a hold of that and run with it?
1: Yes and no. I mean so they've, they've accepted the deal but they've said look there's no money and there's no money in England, but it'll be interesting today because today we have uh, Osborne giving his um, um, six-month address, this sort of like this mini-budget, and he's actually going to announce leverage opportunities for, to be able to sort of unlock Green Deal in England, and that's what um, our Stormont Assembly should be doing here as well. It's all right going to the government and saying we want £68 million pounds or whatever to sort of kick-start this. Stormont doesn't have that money full stop private investment does have this money and what we need to sell this as this is going to be people investing in their homes and paying back over 25 years through their energy bills so if somebody moves house, whoever comes into that house, they will pick up the cost of that investment and it means that there's 25 years of payback That's reasonable rates of return, not excessive, but reasonable rates of return that are going to be very, should be very attractive to pension companies and people who are looking for long term investments where they need to put something in and they need it to be safe and secure and they know they're going to get their money back over a long term. This is what so they should be doing. They should be looking at innovative ways of leveraging private finance to be able to get at this money because if we don't spend this money now, we're going to be paying more and more money out to, to, to Russia, to places in the Gulf and other places like that and more and more of the money is going to go overseas just to keep ourselves warm in the winter and more and more people here are going to suffer from fuel poverty.
0: Well, it is a big issue for us here, unfortunately, but I suppose that's really where, this, where the school comes in in that you can at least assist in the training of people who are then in a position to put all these new technologies into place and indeed to develop some new technologies. So what exactly are you doing there at the school?
1: You're right. We're in in this in two parts. We're in this in terms of educating the next generation of graduates, but also the research that we undertake to support local and national and international industries. So let's have a look at the undergraduate programmes the Chartered Institution of Building Services Engineers estimates that we are something in the region of three to 5,000 building physicists short of where we need to be within the United Kingdom. Well, we run a building physics course here run called Energy and Building Services and it's been running since uh, 1989 and it's a very successful course. This year it was awarded the National Prize for Excellence um, in, it, in terms of mechanical and electrical engineering courses across the whole of the United Kingdom. So. It's a course that very few people know about. People will maybe have heard about a chartered surveyor or a civil engineer, but people won't have heard of a building physicist and so it struggles to get people onto the course but we do offer that course I and mean, we get students who come on that course and they leave here and they go into local industry, they go across the water and they're very successful in the job that they do and they are looking at energy efficiency in buildings, so green um, energy, renewable energy into buildings and looking at how we can sort of um, make our buildings energy efficient. We also um, cover this more in our construction engineering and management program because they're the people, the graduates, the construction managers who have to oversee the quality of construction and one of the things that we are very aware of with our research work is that we will only achieve low carbon buildings by building quality buildings and so you need to sort of spend time when you're constructing buildings making sure that the detailing is correct, that they're airtight, that they're watertight and that's They are built as specified in the plans and so it's important that we achieve buildings with high quality from the future. And there are other subjects as well, the civil engineering, the quantity surveying, architectural technology and management, the building physics physics lectures feed into these different courses and develop knowledge and skills and understanding for these engineers in these areas.
0: Great. And, and and so it sounds, and I understand that our, our school, or sorry, your school is is the largest in the UK. If that's, if that's, if that's right, so we, we we have this great big um, pool of of well educated, very knowledgeable, extremely out looking uh, young graduates. Are, are, can we use them here? Could our local businesses take advantage of that in some way, or are they all going across the water and we're losing that that expertise away from Northern Ireland?
1: We are losing that expertise at the moment. It is the largest school in the United Kingdom of its kind and uh, its largest school within the university. At the moment, a lot of our graduates are heading to places like America and Australia. and Some are heading across the water to England, uh, especially into London, which doesn't seem to have uh, suffered the effects of the recession. The recession is causing a problem here because there isn't the throughput within the industry. But the government is looking at trying to leverage across the water the green deal to try and kickstart the construction industry and get that going again um, through retrofitting people's homes as well as building brand new homes. They're talking about needing something in the region of uh, the equivalent of a city in terms of uh, homes in England in the next 10 years to accommodate the demand um, for homes. Um, we should be sort of trying to do something here. We could, we could kickstart the economy here because the construction and agriculture are the bedrocks of the Northern Ireland economy. Agriculture seems to be doing okay, and a lot of the innovation that you read about and you hear about in Northern Ireland is at the moment centred around the food industry, and that's great, and that's to be applauded. The construction industry is suffering, and if they could re-establish the construction industry here, that would certainly help galvanise the economy here and get it rolling again
0: it's just how you actually free up all that money Philip that obviously needs to be invested into the construction industry uh, if, if people aren't buying how sort of, does, it all, does it all start at the very basics of, of freeing up the money for the first time buyers and it all pushes through it'll we back to that sort of story again
1: yeah as so I agree with you on that there is a definite need for us to be building um, low cost homes but you have some firms out there that are very good at doing this um, You just you know, there's a, a firm called To Own Timber Frame Construction and they produce a very low energy home whose energy bills are in the hundreds, maybe two, three hundred pounds, and that's the electricity bill for the house, including cooking and sort of uh, entertaining and lighting, etc. Um, so, and they can build that for roughly. Well, last thing I heard it was maybe sort of, certainly sort of um, under seventy pounds a square foot. And these companies, can they are companies that are innovative and can do that out here. So we do need homes like that, we do need sort of low cost starter homes for people, but we also need um, to retrofit homes. We will still have in 2050 80% of the existing homes that we have and we need to start looking at these and how do we retrofit them. So this scheme such as the TSB which is a technology board uh, across the United Kingdom and there's a scheme going on with the Grove Housing Association at the moment. Uh, near the Grove swimming pool in North Belfast, where they are retrofitting a, a terraced home. Now it's a um a research project, and so they're looking to see how much it costs to retrofit down to as low as energy bill as possible. And it's going to be very expensive to be able to do that. The research work that we do here at the university is trying to work out, well, how can we do this in stages? instead of doing it in one go, and so we can build up to these things. But we could start by sort of looking at retrofitting. So the gov- Programme for Government announced that they were going to put double glazing into social housing. That's great. That's to be applauded. Double glazing is wonderful in terms of changing people's um, amenity within the homes. It makes the house warmer. It makes the house acoustically more insulated. But insulated... Glazing insulation is not as effective in terms of payback compared with actual sort of insulating the walls, insulating the doors, um, insulating the roofs, etc. Um, and so you know, we should be looking at externally cladding homes um, and we should even be asking the question whether or not we should be knocking down homes that we cannot adequately retrofit and building new homes. And these are sort of things that we should really be, we should be thinking outside the box. We should be thinking radically with regard to this. If a home, when it's retrofitted, is not going to be worth living in, why do we do it?
0: I guess, Philip, there's, there's lots there to, to think about. And certainly from what you're saying, the, the technology is in place. We have the expertise locally available through your school. Uh, local business can take advantage of that. So There's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be something a little bit more innovative and exciting in this area. And, Perhaps it's back again to our, 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 our political masters up in Stormont. They need to grasp the nettle as well and, and, and free up the money to make this at least kick it and get local um, construction involved as well. I, am I understanding that properly?
1: Yes, I mean, so they need to sort of certainly try and find a way of leveraging this. Um, whether or not it takes a kick start or not um, is in the realms of economics, and I'm an engineer, that's and that's so it's, a, it's a bit of a dark art, economics, I must admit. But the, we we need to try and find sort a, of um, a, a ways that you know, we just need to look across the water at what they're up to there, um, and things are beginning to happen with regard to Green Deal across the water, and we could find ourselves left behind. We could find ourselves left behind in terms of our construction industry missing out on opportunities because they're not geared up and they're ready for this. We could have a few years ago if we got ourselves into this we could have had our local construction industry so geared up so well trained up so sort of just within Northern Ireland that they could have been flooding across the water to take advantage of the contracts that, that will soon be sort of tendered across in England well, and, actually, and sorry. we just it's, we just got to sort of, you know it's, um, it's thinking about sort of you know how do we do these things it's alright trying to bring in overseas business but overseas business takes the profits away from Northern Ireland. We need to invest in the local companies where the profits stay in Northern Ireland.
0: Well, Philip, I think you've, you've you've laid down the gauntlet. The, the, the conversation should be, should be well heated up by now, I think, and, and it's certainly an area that we need, we need to look at a lot more closely. But let me thank you very much for joining us here in Business First, and we'll try and fa- find some way to develop this, this conversation a bit more, both in our podcast and also the magazine. So perhaps we'll do more of that in the future. And Philip Griffith, Associate Head of School at the School of Built New Environment at the University of Ulster, very many thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much, Kevin.